In scripture, Jesus tells us that he is the vine and we are the branches. In today's culture, what does this look like? Join two friends, Darby and Jessica, as they discuss the call to action in this verse to abide in Christ, while navigating the issues surrounding Christianity today. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> how are I gotta you? say, I don't know how you do it because I, I set my alarm for 8.30 and I woke up to my alarm and I was like, man, here I am so tired and Darby's waking <laughs> up at seven in the morning. <laughs> oh, I, I actually woke up at six because I wanted to get all my things in order before I called you or before you called me. Um, yeah. And Kyle got home at, well, it was after 11. I think it was almost midnight last night. And I don't even know what time we went to bed. It had to have been close to one, but um, I think your body gets used to your routine though. And, um, so if you're getting lots of sleep, your body's like, all right, this is my norm. (laughs) And if I don't, if I don't get it, then you're in trouble because that's not what I'm used to. But when you're not getting lots of sleep, your body's like, all right, well, we've got to keep this up because we got to live. <laughs> I know. You know what? I, I get that because I have so many times where I'm just like, it's like normal now for me to wake up at three in the morning and be awake until like 530 and then fall back oh. asleep. And oh. you'd think I'd be wiped out the next day. But after like three days in a row of doing it, I maintain yeah. all day. I've got energy all day. And I remember thinking like, this is really weird. Like I should be mm-hmm. falling asleep at my desk during work, but I'm not. I know. I know. I, it, I, I think about it every time I have a baby because <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> my, my body that I, you know, if anybody that knows me knows that I'm a sleeper, like I need my sleep. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, like yes. This- can be all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed on three hours of sleep. I just can't do it. Um, and I'm not a morning person, but I have kind of trained myself to be more so after having kids. But um, when I have a baby and they're up all night long, I just like – and I still have to take care of kids during the day. I don't – I my normal self is like, how do you survive <laughs> that season? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> But when well, especially I, you, you're so good at it. Like, to that. I do look us, us, both, <laughs> like, us having our children and getting up in the morning on no sleep looks completely different. I will tell you that. Like, <laughs> I look. I first of all, I don't even bother getting dressed. I'll come downstairs with my hair sticking up all over the place, and I smell. Got morning breath. I'm still not fully awake. I've had my coffee. You know how I feel about my coffee. <laughs> I do. I do know. <laughs> and uh, and but then there's you. You're showered. You look Oops. all nice. Like you're. You look. You look like you've been awake for hours already. I'm just like we are. To- we function totally differently in the morning. <laughs> I think. I mean, I told you that that one time. I'm like. Even if I don't do anything else with myself, I have to put on mascara. <laughs> That's just my Aww. thing. And I and I just, I like, it's a small thing, but I have to do it because, or I don't have to do it. I choose to do it because that is just one little small thing that makes me feel like 
I tried to do something to put myself together for the day. And it just, it's like a mental thing. Like it just helps me to feel like, all right, I did something for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just feel, I feel better. I don't feel like as much as much of a, a frump. (laughs) Mine is um, is a shower. Like if I shower um, and I put on deodorant, (laughs) I'm like, you're good. The thing is, I I wish it could be a a shower. Nothing makes me feel as good as a shower. Let me tell you. I think Mm -hmm. that's true for most people, but, um, but I don't always have time for a shower. Like, it's just not, it's just not a a realistic thing for me these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so unless I like, it's kind of, it's usually either sleep or shower and I usually choose sleep. Because, you know, know, as I said before, how I am about my sleep. Um, But uh, I just, it's not, you know, I don't even want to tell you how many days I go without a shower. (laughs) I've done that too. It's unspeakable. (laughs) Well, see, but for you, you have an excuse. I don't have an excuse. (laughs) Like, I Uh, will just, like, get up. I'll go downstairs. Like, I think somebody posted... I think that like a couple months ago it was um, quarantine. It was like congratulate yourself if you did uh, if you did one of the following today, right? Like showered, brushed your teeth, um, and there yeah. were like a few other basic things. And I'm telling you, like I remember commenting and saying I have done literally none of those things <laughs> <laughs> for over 24 hours. <laughs> like, That's so I funny. Just, I remember seeing. But that. it's true. I didn't see your comment, but I remember seeing somebody posting that. Um, <laughs> well. The shower for me, like even if I didn't have kids before I had kids, I would almost dread once I got in the shower and I was done and everything, I felt great. But getting in the shower, I would not look forward to because um, I don't want to have to do my hair <laughs> afterwards. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. dread doing my hair. It's just like a long drawn out process. I don't want to do it. I, I, it just, I don't, I do not want to take the time. <laughs> I was just telling Why my don't you just throw it up in a bun? I do, but I can't do it when it's wet or it will stay wet. I have to let it dry or I have to dry it before I put it up because um, otherwise it stays wet. And it just is like, you know, that huh. feeling of like sleeping on wet hair. It's just a yucky feeling. It's damp. Oh. It's damp next to your, your scalp. I don't know. And it doesn't. And you, you, know, know, what, you, you know what you need, don't you? Oh, that, you know what you need? That thing that you let me use, <laughs> that hair, that drying, yes. drying brush. <laughs> I know. I've yes. looked at it several times and I've almost gotten it, but then I decided to save the money. <laughs> oh my gosh. You drive me crazy with this. Like I would, yeah, I would, I would use this thing like almost a year ago, I swear. And you, you, I knew it. I knew you would go and look at it. This is why I know what to buy you because like, you're like, yeah, I you're never going to act on it or get it right away. It'll probably take you like three years before you're like, well, I saved the money. Um, I paid a penny every day for this. (laughs) It's just those things that I'm like, you know, I've been doing without it and I'm fine and I can continue to do without it. Like there's just some of those things, just they're, they're frivolous. They're like, you know, it'd be nice to have, but I'm okay not having it. Like those are those, those are the things that I procrastinate on buying 
A lot. Ah, but yes, I have a very good <laughs> counterpoint for that because you were just saying you don't have the time in the morning and this would be much more efficient for your schedule. You could get up, do your hair, and it would be done quickly. And then, you know, it would just make life easier. See? From an efficiency standpoint, not yeah. just from like a, I lust after it standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> All the hard eyes <laughs> from a five oh, years. <laughs> I'll just be jealous of you when you come over. <laughs> Lord, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good starting off point, jumping off point for our topic today about um, living in today's world. <laughs> yes, I know. First right? problems, though. <laughs> We're talking about real problems, <laughs> deeply seated spiritual problems. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. Okay. So we're talking about navigating today and a very I feel like it's a very fearful culture right now everybody's mm-hmm. afraid of everything mm-hmm. um well and they're not afraid of like you know a pandemic or um government taking away their rights or t- whatever it is even if they're not afraid of mm-hmm. that I, I was just reading last night someone commented about um a person yelling at them and their children because their kid tripped and they had stopped to help the kid. And consequently they ended up not less than six. They ended up less than six feet away from the other person. And so the person yelled at him for not being six feet away and made the kid cry. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, this happened in our little town. And um, I mean, how sad is that? And so if you're not afraid and I've been afraid, like there are times that, I go out and I'm like, man, am I going to get yelled at for going the wrong way in the grocery <laughs> grocery aisle? I know. Or whatever it is. and Or are they going to yell at my kids because the littlest one took off their mask or whatever. And and so if you're not afraid of that, you're afraid of other people and their judgment. And it's just um, – or what they're going to do. You know, are they going to – are they going to act out rash in a, in a rash um, way? And – so it's just sad. It's just a sad um, atmosphere right now. And it is. It's not the kind of place that you want to raise your kids in either. Like for them to have to see and experience that firsthand is like, I think, really sad. That is, that's true. That's true. And I have, I have thought about that even with like, man, do I want to have any more kids in this, in this type of um, world that we're living in right now? Um, however, I think also, um, it's a great teaching point and learning point for your children about what it is to live for Jesus when it's hard and, um, not necessarily that it's hard to live for Jesus right now, but it's hard to have, um, hope. It's hard to, um, not, not live in fear. Yeah. To have peace. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard even to talk about Jesus to other people right now because um, a lot of people are so tunnel vision on whatever their mission is um, and whatever's going on that they don't want to hear, Oh, Jesus loves you (laughs) and um, (laughs) rainbows and butterflies. Like they don't want to hear any hope. It's almost like when people are, are um, not downtrodden, but you know, uh, have anxiety or, um, are caught up in this wave of, of fear and, um, uh, I don't know, 
just just all the feelings that have been spurned on by this pandemic and um, by uh, movements that are going on right now and um, issues with the government and all of this, it, they don't want to hear any um, anything that would contradict their intense emotions that they're having. It's almost like they want to sit in those emotions. They don't want anything to feel like it would negate those emotions. You know, they want to feel validated for how they're feeling. Oh yeah. um, Which is, I mean, all of those feelings are valid. They're valid and they're your feelings and you should have, have the right to have those feelings. However, um, it's not the most important. It's not, um, it should not be the overall authority and, um, what's in control, you know, I mean, God's always yeah. in control and that's where our focus needs to be, um, on him, but well, people that aren't Christian, it, that's a hard, the hard pill to swallow. Well, I would say, I mean, it's, I mean, I, that's when I do feel bad for people that are not believers that live in just like a total state of fear. But also I have seen so many Christians, so many Christians today living in fear, like they're not even believers. Like it, right. to me, it's like, it's sort of astounding sometimes. Like I was, um, I'm a part of like a little like Bible group and, uh, you know, we have different topics that we talk about every week and, it's, I'm on to say for like the last three or four months since this thing kicked off, it's been just a lot of like talking about their anxiety, their fear every single week for months. And it's like, mm-hmm. I actually tried to say, okay, well, why don't we talk about some victories that Jesus has given us during, you know, this, the quarantine during being at home? Why don't we talk about some things that we've learned or some, you know, just some good things. And mm-hmm nobody nobody came back with anything positive and I was just like you've got to be kidding me about this like when did we become the kind of people um that weren't able to see the good or be grateful for anything you know in a day in a week or whatever like that is when I think it becomes because there's two types of fear there's healthy fear and then there's unhealthy fear and I think healthy fear is what God gives us it's like the um what the Holy Spirit says about you know, um, going into situations that are probably not wise or dangerous. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, we are given a spirit of healthy fear to be able to deal with those things. So we don't die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a big difference. Yeah. Yes. Discernment, like in knowing when it's okay to make those choices. Right. And there's also the fear of the Lord, which is more of like a reverence, um, Mm -hmm. to, to respect just his power, his authority, um, his, uh, his, his might, you know, I want, I don't want to necessarily say his wrath, but God can also be a wrathful God. Um, and so we need to be respectful of that. Um, understand that, that he is in control. He is God. He is the creator of the universe. And, um, and we don't, we are, undeserving and we don't we are not entitled to anything we, we need to we need to um bring ourselves under his authority mm-hmm. 100 yeah it's it i don't know i feel like um it's like what you were saying the other day when we talked and i was like talking about all the anxiety i was having just about 
um, where things are at and all the things I hear about Christians having these dreams about, you know, the end approaching. And I was just like, oh man, have I not done enough to spread the gospel? Are there people in my life that are, you know, going to die without being saved? And, and you were like, well, you know, it's just, you have to, I mean, you put it more eloquently than this, but it was basically you have peace knowing that those are things that you don't have to worry about because they're in God's hands. Right. You only have a certain level of control. Um, yeah. And you can't, and controlling people is not one of your, of your abilities, unfortunately. I know. Right. Um, yeah. It, there's only so much you can do. And you're doing the best that you can do by just praying for them and being a witness for them. Um, and that brings me to something that I was thinking about um, just this, just this morning as, as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about. And um, our church coins this phrase that's actually used a lot by different people. So it's not like, you know, our church was the founders of this or at, at all, but they say, um, love God and love people. And um, yeah, if you think of that, if you walk walk your walk of life um, with that mentality, love God and love people, it simplifies simplifies everything for you. Um, it you know you don't have to overthink. It, everything kind of comes back to to measure against the fact of am I loving God? Am I loving people? Um, but I think it's important to remember that it's in that order that we should live, love God first and then love people. Of course, if we're loving God, we're going to be loving people also, but, um, sometimes we can get, um, caught up so focused on loving people and praying for people and are they saved and what can we do? And there's, I need to do more. They're not. They're not getting it um, that we forget to submit to God and his authority and the fact that he's in control. We're not in control. He's the one that is the only one that has a grip on people's heart. Um, Not us. All we can do is be obedient to live the way that he's asked us to live. So to be good examples, to live our life for Jesus, to strive to be like Jesus and to pray for these people. Um, but even if they do, and hopefully they do, you know, we live in faith to, to believe that people will turn their hearts towards the Lord, um, and that prayer has power. But, um, even if they do accept the Lord as their Lord and savior, um, it's not because of us. It's not, I mean, we might have helped, but it's God. It's all God. It's his glory. It's not our glory. And if we are living our life, um, for, you know, we want a certain number of people that we've saved. (laughs) We have have the wrong focus. It's not about us. It's about God. And, um, I feel like in my life, there's lots of people that I have prayed for and continue to pray for that I have not seen, seen saved yet. And, um, people that are, you know, that I'm not in super close relationship with that I've just kind of, um, that have come up in, in my heart. And so I pray for them. Um, but also people that I'm very close with 
that um, I've prayed for for years. And I'm, you know, it makes me um, very emotional to think that they won't be in heaven, Um, not because that I'll miss them or I won't see them, but because I love them so much. I want them to experience the same fullness of life and eternity in heaven that I'm going to. Um, I know that feeling of what it's like to walk with God and there's nothing else like it, nothing. And I want that for them because I love them that much. But, um, but if I like, and I have before have gotten myself just so almost just depressed because it's like, Lord, my prayer is not working. (laughs) (laughs) I have had many conversations and been so hopeful that this was the one that, you know, was going to click for them and they were going to give their life over to Jesus and it didn't happen. Um, and, and you get down on yourself, you know, feel like you not, you're not doing enough. And you also get down just in the fact that like, man, what is it going to take? Like, I just keep having a, I just going to have to keep going. And, um, and that's a lonely, long, depressing when you don't know the end result and you don't know when it's going to happen. Um, that can be super, super depressing and very lonely. Um, but to kind of take it off of our shoulders and be like, I'm just going to be obedient and pray for them. And, but Lord, like, it's all you, you, you're the one, this is your son or your daughter. And, um, you have their heart, you know, what's in their heart, you know, you know, what, um, what's happening in the spirit as far as my prayers being effective. (laughs) And, um, and there's, and I can't do anything beyond that. Only God can. Yeah. That's for me, that gives me peace. Um, and it, it helps me to continue to live my life with joy rather than being overly focused on um, the effectiveness of my walk with Jesus and what it's doing for other people. Only God can know that for sure. And, um, and I just, I just get to be obedient and not worry about, about micromanaging. (laughs) And there's peace (laughs) in that. There's so much peace. Um, I, if anybody can get that, um, that there's peace and not being able to control everything, then, oh man, your life is going to have so much more joy. It's, it's just like, um, like an engine that's been running super hard and all of a sudden you turn it off and it's just like rests. It's it's a great feeling. Um, but, and that also brings me to another point that I had is that walking with, walking with Jesus, especially during this time when there's so much going on and, um, people, people are fearful, people are anxious, um, people are depressed, people are hopeless. Um, is that it is difficult. I mean, it's difficult at all times to walk with God because often we are walking against the grain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's not easy. And God never says it's going to be easy. And if you read through the Bible, everybody's life um, is evidence that it is not easy, (laughs) that you're going to run into lots of obstacles that other people don't have to go through. Um, but that is all to say that it is so worth it. So worth it. So much better to walk with God than it is to walk without him. 
um, because of the hope, the protection, and ultimately the victory that we have in Jesus. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, it's like, it's a lot more peaceful than living life without any sort of, um, well, I mean, he, that's why they call him the rock, right? He's mm-hmm. a refuge. Mm-hmm. And to have that in your life as, as something that you depend on to be there, that that's immovable, that yeah. never changes. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that to me, that's like, that is the most, I love consistency. I don't like it when things are like, you know, ambiguous or uncertain or all over the place. Like I usually like to have like some sort of a plan, even if it's a loose plan, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and with God, it's a lot easier to live that way. Even if there is uncertainty with things like with this virus, what I've told myself over and over again is, okay, well, this isn't out of God's control. He is completely sovereign. All of this was preordained before we were born, before other people were before, born, before the right. formation of the world, really. Like he right. knew he knew the events that were going to come to pass. So mm-hmm. if this is happening and God is a good God and I trust God and God loves me, then I have to trust whatever is going to come out of this, why it's happening, mm-hmm. what, you know, the consequences of it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I haven't, I mean, thankfully with this, I, I have not, I mean, I'll go out and wear my mask and I wash my hands. Like I use common sense, but if I, if I get it, you know, if I end up getting this virus, I get it. Like I'm not, I'm not living in fear every day of getting it. You know, it's not going to stop me from going outside and doing things that I need to do or even want to do. Like today Mm -hmm. is my sister's bridal shower and we're going to a winery for it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, we could have chosen to to stay at home and be scared, but what, I mean, why not celebrate her if we can, the winery is open. It's something to do. Like, you know, her wedding's coming up in a week. So Mm -hmm. it seems to me like we should, we shouldn't be stopping life. And I think that's what the thing is, the fear, fear that goes against what God wants is not what we're meant to to do. We're not meant to live in fear. It's okay Mm -hmm. to have healthy fear. Um, You know, like, so you don't drive like an idiot, like I sometimes do, or, you know, just, really basic, normal, common sense things there. God says, live your life a certain way. So you, you know, you maintain some sort of level of like preservation of your life. But Mm -hmm. then there's other side of it where you're living in so much fear, you don't have a life. It's, you know, and we're not very good. Human beings are not very good about striking a balance between those two, really with anything, we either go in one direction or the other. And I think trying to maintain that balance is what's important. And Even my, like I was talking to my therapist the other day and she was like, I was telling her about all my anxiety about, you know, the same stuff I told you, just like worried about like, is the the time approaching? Like, have I not done enough? Like, and she said, well, have you prayed about it? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, so we're coming back to this thing where once again, you're worried about how much you've been able to do on your own and you're not praying like this. This is always your issue, Jessica. Like you always... Every time you get yourself worked up into some sort of like tizzy or anxiety or you're worried about something, it's because you haven't been praying about it. Like she's like, pray about it and just like give it over. And then, you know, and I was like, yeah, and I'm horrible at that. It's like, I'm still stuck in that routine of something to worry about. Mm -hmm. So 
and I worry and worry about what I can do to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I have not brought it to God to, to fix it for me or just said, okay, I don't know what's happening with this. So I'm going to give it to you. Like mm-hmm. it's, that is not my first instinct. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that gets me more worked up than anything else. Yeah. I think that this, um, what you're talking about, uh, people fall into that trap so often. And I do, I know that I do. And, um, this is kind of what you and I have talked about also, even with, um, our blog writing posts and, um, and our podcasts and, um, how often we're going to do it and all, all of these kinds of things. And, um, we both can kind of get like anxious or wound up a little bit thinking, okay, like I need to do this. I need to do it. I need to do it. Um, but kind of, I mean, this is like, this is God directed. This is not like our own agenda. Yes, we are the ones doing the talking, but it's always very prayerfully that God would speak through us. Um, and, you know, it would be for his glory and, and um, hit really his message. And um, so I told you a long time ago, like, if, and this is just how I try to live my life for every big thing that comes along or everything that it's causing me some stress um, is... I pray about it. Like, I'm like, all right, Lord, you direct what you want me to do and I will move on that. And if you don't direct me and I'm just sitting here kind of twiddling my thumbs, (laughs) then I will have peace knowing that you haven't moved me to do anything. So it's not time and it's not your, your will for me to move and do something right now. And if Mm -hmm. I do, then it's my own, it's on my own efforts and they're probably not going to be very successful. <laughs> and um and so I live I live with that reminder constantly. It's, you know, kind of on a on a reel that just going playing over and over again. Um that when I start to get stressed about something I'm like, oh, like I'm I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that or you know, like I need to I need to um there are some some movements happening right now, some more awareness being spread even on um, with regards to children and human trafficking. And um, oh, you look at that yeah. and you read that stuff and you're like, okay, what can I do? You know, you're desperate. You're, you're desperate, especially when it comes to innocent lives. You are desperate to get up and to do something. And um, when you are sitting in the comfort of your home, thinking about innocent lives being taken advantage of and being hurt in the worst way possible, um, it's for me personally, like I, I feel guilty. Number one, um, Mm -hmm. number two, I feel like, like I am a dog on the end of a chain, just like angry and, and wanting to go do something to help. Um, and feeling like, you know, okay, well, how do I do that? Because I have three children of my own. How do I walk out the door to go start helping in this cause, Um, you know, volunteering or whatever I can do? Um, That would be difficult logistically to do. And so I have to wait on the Lord, like, okay, you, you show me, you open up a door um, where I can help, where I can serve um, and be a part of this cause and be a part of, of the solution. 
Uh, the way mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever going to be solved, unfortunately. None of none of the sin in the world is because we live in a sinful, fallen world. Um, so we just have to remember that, like, we're never going to live in a utopia, unfortunately. Um, but we do what we can here. We live as best we can for the Lord, and we we pray. We pray and pray and pray. Um, anyway, so, I, like, I have to remind myself, okay, Darby. <laughs> <laughs> you you only can do what you can do and when god opens a door you walk through it if he hasn't opened up a door you just pray you you fall on your knees and you pray because that is the best you can do and that's the most you can do if unless god has given you another opportunity and when an opportunity comes you seize it you don't sit there and be like um is it the right time yeah. for me <laughs> yep i don't yep. know if i'm the right person for this god <laughs> I what do we call that? We pulling a Moses. <laughs> yeah, pulling a Moses. And you know, I'm reading Jeremiah right now. You know, I, you know, you know this because I've sent you lots of verses. <laughs> um, <laughs> and at the very beginning, what does he say? Like, I don't think I'm the right person. I'm a little young. No one's going to listen to me. Um, yeah, just like Moses. I mean, not the same excuse, but just like Moses, it doesn't doesn't feel like he's he's right for the job. But let me tell you, if God's opened up a door for you, you're the right person. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You're the one. Whether you win or not. (laughs) You've been chosen. (laughs) He does. But that's the thing, though. It says the Bible even says, I want to say it's in Psalms or it's probably all over the, it's probably all over the Bible. But I know (laughs) I've read before that he chooses what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. Like he chooses the things that people and the people that, you would not expect to be leaders for him or warriors for him or bold for him. He chooses right. those people, you right. know, because it does display his strength. It shows that he's there, that he's moving through somebody in a very powerful way. You know, mm-hmm. no matter what everybody else thinks of this person, God's right. chosen to use them as a vessel, as an instrument, as his mouthpiece, you right. know? And so then you have people who, I mean, like Jeremiah, from what I've read and what you and I were talking about, he just sounded so you know, on fire, just mm-hmm. like Elijah did, like so many of them. And they had like, you know, if you look at these people, conventionally speaking, um, a, a lot of these prophets just, they were just kind of like regular old Joes. Like they didn't have some like wealthy family they came from. They didn't, most of the time they were living in opposition to a great number of people who did not want to hear what they had to say. You know, right. they were like right. Mary and coal mine, like, oh, here comes this guy. He's such an Eeyore. Like, you know, like- <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, it's like, and then you look back at it later and you see, you know, um, trying to remember the name, Stephen, when he was right before he got stoned, um, he was saying this. He was saying every single prophet that has come along, you have murdered. What is wrong with you people? You're mm-hmm. always resisting the Holy Spirit. But it's essentially what it was, the Holy Spirit speaking and using people that you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. and giving them a spirit of boldness and mm-hmm. love and right. strength, not a spirit of fear. These, they didn't, right. and even with, well, I think the one classic example was Jonah, right? God said, I want you to go over here and tell these people that if you don't knock it off, I'm going to wipe them out. And Jonah's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah. run away. Yeah. And God's like, okay, well, I'm going to get you and put you in the belly of a fish and he's going to spit you back out in the land mm-hmm. where I want you and you're going to do this. And so <laughs> I'll leave you in the I'll leave you in that belly until you change your mind, <laughs> until you exactly. choose to obey, and then we'll try again. 
Exactly. And so, and with the thing with Jonah, what a lot of people I don't think realized is him going into that, that place where he, where God wanted him to go was essentially back then the same thing as a Jew walking into a huge party of Nazis and, and saying, by the way, you're not living the right way. And, you Mm -hmm. know, like he didn't want to do it. People hated Jews. They were Gentiles. They didn't want to hear anything that he had to say. And so he goes and he does it finally. Mm-hmm. And then they repent and they turn back to God. So God, instead of smiting them and, and um, wiping them out, forgives them and is gracious. And then Jonah is mad. <laughs> you know, he's like, this is, this is baloney. You told me you were going to like do all this stuff. Now I look like an idiot. And God's like, well, how, you know, they don't, they lack understanding. Who am I to, I'm not going to wipe them out when they don't understand. Like you had to, that's why I told you to go tell them. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. I, I did totally just veer off topic there, but that was my point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think too, another point on that is that these people that God chose were not looking to be a big time person. You know, they weren't looking to be God's, God's um, mouthpiece and his hands and his feet. Like they were just doing, they were just living their life and they didn't even really, I mean, as, as we said, like they didn't even really want to go to these things and to be, um, well, very unpopular, but very well known, you know, they didn't, they didn't want that. Um, Mm -hmm. so much, so much so that they said, God, choose someone else. I'm not the right person. Um, (laughs) yeah. And so like, you know, it's usually when it's usually very unexpected, God calls us to move and we're not, we're not, um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's just on the tip of my tongue and I lost it. Um, we're not looking for it. We're not expecting it. Um, and it's usually during those times when he's like, all right, now. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> this wasn't part of the plan. Wait, this wasn't now, part of my sure plan. Time? <laughs> um, uh, but I wanted to say that, um, I mean, Jeremiah, he complained a lot to God about, you know, people were persecuting him. They were speaking badly of him. They were laying traps for him, trying to, um, do away with him, get him out of the way. Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't want to believe what he said. They called him a liar. Um, they put him in, in, uh, stocks and beat him because, because of what he said, um, God was going to do to the people if they didn't turn from their sin. And, um, even the priest, even the priest, God's priest, who was supposed to be God's priest, but obviously was not walking with the Lord, um, <laughs> beat him, beat him and tortured him because um, he was t- was saying that God was going to um, destroy Jerusalem because um, they were sinning. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, so he complains to God a lot about this. He's like, I'm spreading your word and here they are. Um just making my life miserable. But then he says in Jeremiah 15, verse 16, um, well, let me start in verse 15. You understand, O Lord, remember me and care for me. Avenge me on my persecutors. You are long suffering. Do not take me away. Think of how I suffer reproach for your sake. But then he says in verse 16, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. And I think that that is um, a perfect example of what it's like to be a Christian. It is 
so difficult. Um, we meet lots of opposition, um, lots of hatred for all. I would, I should say, um, a lot of times, I mean, Christians are hypocritical and we all are because we are all sinners. We are never Mm -hmm. going to be perfect. Um, we should strive for perfection. That's very important to remember that is our goal is perfection. Um, we should strive for it, but also with the knowledge that we are not God, we are not perfect, but that should be, um, what we strive for and how we, how we try to live our life. And I think that's a good place for us to stop today. Um, Join us next time as we continue this conversation. And thank you for listening.